0: Senior Vice President and we're also pleased to have UT System President Randy Boyd with us again today. We'll be sharing his thoughts on the university's accomplishments, upcoming legislative session, and some exciting plans. But first we'll have an update on COVID-19 cases within the university, the institute, and across the state. And we'll be sharing some work arrangement guidelines. But a few reminders, remember to keep your audio muted Use the chat function on Zoom to ask any questions. You can publicly post your question in chat or you can send it privately to me. A recording of this session will be made and posted to the UTIA Coronavirus website. And you can find that link on our homepage at utia.tennessee.edu. So we'll jump right in. Tim, how does the case count currently look for the university, the institute, and even the state?
1: Well, for the first time in a little while, I feel good about uh, some of the data I'm going to share. So, uh, so that should give you a preview of what's to come. Thanks for uh, kicking us off again, Lisa. Uh, you've gotten way too good at uh, kicking off fireside chats and that comes through a lot of practice. So I appreciate it. Thanks to Mark Young for being our technical uh, guru today as well. Uh, we miss Mike Stanley, but appreciate uh, Mark uh, uh, providing support for us. Let me jump in and uh, quickly uh, go through our slides today, uh, give you a feel for where we're at, uh, both across campus and uh, and across the country, for that matter, and certainly here in Tennessee as well, and then look forward to uh, hearing from Randy in just a few minutes. I'll start with, uh, again, the typical slide series that we've been looking at, same data series, but remember that as we... Uh, get into this uh, later time period, uh, there were a few weeks omitted from our series uh, when the the university was closed. But as we look at uh, current active positive cases across the University of Tennessee, uh, Knoxville and Institute of Ag, uh, today we're looking at 90 positive cases among students and 18 positive cases total among all of our employees. And that looks uh, a little bit of uh, increase maybe from the past couple of weeks But remember too, that uh, students return to campus about the 20th of January, and note that the increase has been very modest, uh, uh, relatively speaking, since uh, that return. Compare that to what we saw last summer, late last summer, early fall, when we saw uh, obviously a huge spike in cases. So that tells me a couple of things. First of all, students are really uh, uh, contributing their part in terms of following Uh, all of our guidance, they're doing the right things, and hopefully it means maybe uh, there's a little bit of a reduction in transmission uh, uh, across uh, uh, those students and employees on our campus. If you look at isolations, it's much the same story. I won't uh, spend a lot of time on this, but currently we've got 229 employees, I'm sorry, 229 students uh, who are isolated for uh, either positive cases or uh, direct contacts with others, and 59 employees total. So uh, really uh, approximately the same uh, level that we've seen uh, the last several weeks and in levels that go back to um, early fall you know, in terms of comparability. So, so that all looks uh, quite good. Same story uh, for our institute. Our number of positive cases today is five across the entire institute. And that uh, it compares back to last fall and last summer really, uh, is when we last saw numbers that low. So great job folks uh, for uh, doing the right things and, and helping us to keep uh, our employee count very low uh, across the Institute of Ag campus. And same thing for uh, for isolations as well. We're currently at about 13 and you'd have to go back to uh, last fall or even last summer to see uh, numbers uh, at that level. So. The direction uh, looks good and and we're really uh, pleased to see uh, that uh, improvement in terms of number of cases. And that follows uh, what we're seeing nationally as well in terms of the number of positive daily cases. We've seen a steady decline since I visited with you last, uh, early in January and nationally, we're certainly seeing some some significant improvements from 250,000 cases a day uh, around the first of the year to now uh, closer to uh, 100,000 cases per day. It's 100,000 more than we want, but it's uh, at least uh, going in the right direction. And you see the very same thing with regard to the state data. So we've dropped uh, from a peak of about 8,000 cases per day uh, back at the first of the year or so. Uh, Actually, I guess our peak was a little bit earlier, uh, more like mid-December in Tennessee. And and currently we're down closer to that 2,000 case per day level which is approximately where we were, again, uh, mid-summer to uh, to early fall. So uh, great progress uh, in terms of uh, a reduced number of cases. Now, I don't share any of that, what I think is positive news with the uh, purpose or intention of suggesting we let up in any way. So uh, what I do wanna do though is indicate that that it looks like we're seeing some improvement. And let me just touch on one other uh, set of data here, and this is with regard to vaccinations. Uh, currently in the state of Tennessee, we've seen that 757,000 plus uh, members of the Tennessee population have been vaccinated at least once, and that represents almost 7.8% of the population, and this was uh, data as of yesterday. So we're, we're approaching 10% of the population with uh, vaccinations, and, and that's certainly good news as well. Uh, yesterday, it looks like 12,000 people vaccinated, uh, we'd love to see that number increase. And I think as vaccine availability, availability increases, uh, we will see uh, increases in that as well. So that, uh, that kind of gets hopefully everyone on the same page and up to speed uh, with regard to uh, COVID data and, and those uh, key metrics that we've been following.
0: So Tim, are there any changes in guidance for our employees, particularly um, in terms of staffing?
1: Yeah, I think, again, for, for right now, we're going to maintain status quo. We're going to keep all our offices open. Obviously, we're going to keep using a staggered or a rotational staffing approach. Uh, those that uh, can work at home uh, should do so, but uh, make sure you're staying in touch with your supervisor and supervisors. Make sure you're staying in touch with employees. Uh, we want to make sure we all know what we're doing, that we're carrying out our our responsibilities, that we're serving our students, our stakeholders uh, in whatever their needs are uh, according to our mission. So uh, we also though don't want everybody back on board uh, simultaneously. We're not ramping up at this point. Uh, We'll just carry on as we have been. It's worked well since the first of the year and I I think we'll stick with it. Uh, Let me also though remind you to track the progress of vaccinations in your county. Uh, Contact your county health department uh, when vaccine is available and when you meet either the age or risk-based vaccination criteria that are established. And remember, you can check on that county by county uh, at the uh, state of Tennessee's website under vaccine uh, information. And you can also remember that there's a link off of our uh, COVID-19 website uh, to that information. So keep track of that those of you uh, that, that can uh, get your vaccinations whenever possible and let's uh, keep everyone safe.
0: Well, thanks so much for that update Tim. It's really good to see some good news, uh, at least some positive trends, that's great. Um, we're also pleased uh, to have a special guest with us today who I know you'd like to introduce.
1: Yeah, sure would and uh, you know, uh, Randy, I'd like to say this all worked out just as planned, because I, I believe uh, any of you that know President Boyd well know that he's one of the most positive people in this organization, and I'm glad to, to kick things off with some positive news, too, and, and I know that uh, Randy will follow up with some, some great information for us. appreciate, uh, Randy, your interest in, in joining us again uh, on our fireside chat and sharing a few updates uh from from the system perspective as well as maybe uh your thoughts uh on the state budget outlook at this point too yeah thanks tim
2: and i just was looking at the five things that i was going to touch on in the 10 minutes you gave me to talk and then, and uh, actually every one of them are positive surprise imagine that uh so i will continue with the positive news but i want to start off with just saying thank you uh, one thank you for letting me join i was exchanging some chats with uh way a moment ago I, I do wish we were in person around a real fire but uh, this will have to do but it's great to see so many people that I that I've gotten to know over these last couple of years great to be with you thank you Tim and for your leadership and the entire leadership at the UTIA you guys have done a tremendous job and then finally thank you to everybody at the Institute for just an incredible year you know you I've done some surveys with students I've got some seen some st- surveys from many of you I've got to talk with many of you and um, I'll talk a moment about all the great things we did last year. And we accomplished an amazing uh, um, amount of, of, of good in the, a very difficult year. But I also know, and make sure, I wanna make sure you know, that I know that it was hard. It was hard on our students, it was hard on our faculty. Uh, the sense of isolation and uh, a, a high level of depression with a lot of our students, there's a lot of, a lot of angst out there. And uh, so I'm, I'm conscious of it, we're conscious of that. We know we've got to work really hard to try to find ways to have people connect. I, one of the things that I hear a lot from the um, from people outside the university is, well, gosh, I bet you guys have really learned a lot about how to do everything digitally and that you really didn't need to do in-person classes. Isn't that going to change? I guess there are certain part of that that's true. We have learned how we can do things more efficiently digitally, but at the exact same time, we've also learned how much we need each other. Uh, I hear it all the time, just We just want to be together we want to be sitting by that same fire together and enjoy each other's company there's something about uh humans that want that connectivity that social interaction so while we could do certain things more efficiently or efficiently uh without ever seeing each other that's not the way we want to live our life and we're determined to try to get us back to that back to the uh 2020 this may not be the first time you've heard me say this but this will be the greatest decade in the history of the University of Tennessee. Last year was our first year. And a lot of people would, have, would say, well, that was a really terrible first year to the, uh, the start of the greatest decade, but I'd argue differently. Um, last January, we set up out some really significant objectives uh, for us to accomplish in 2020. I even had one of my board members, this hard charging CEO from AutoZone, Bill Rhodes, who said, Uh, Randy, I think your objectives are a little too ambitious. And I was thinking afterwards, first of course, I was defensive. No, we can do all this. Then I was thinking, you know, how many times do hard charging CEOs accuse higher education of being too ambitious? Um, But here's the good news. We got to report to them about two weeks ago that we accomplished every single thing that was on our list, plus some. And in, in addition to that, well, actually maybe a couple that I should highlight. One, one of the goals was to increase enrollment. We increased enrollment at UT in Knoxville with UTIA and the Knoxville uh, campus by 5.2%. That's an incredible increase on any given year, but uh, nationally uh, public higher education decreased by 16%. So nationally they increased by 16%, UT increased by 5.2%. That's, that's incredible, incredible success. I know it's a lot of work recruiting those students, but, but we did it, our retention increase, a one and a half percent increase in retention. That's hard to do anytime. And in the pandemic it's, it's again unbelievable research dollars 432 million dollars a new record in research we also had profound effect across the state and helping uh engaging with the state around helping against uh, with the pandemic and there too many things that i can't cover and uh in my short time but uh so many ways in which uh, we helped i'll mention one all of our extension offices helped uh, distribute masks but i could go on and on about all the things we did but Most importantly, we set out to keep our students and our faculty safe. Um, uh, Tim shared with you some of the numbers with our campuses today. We tracked it every week last year or last fall and we compared the number of students that we had with COVID versus the state at large. The state at large on average, we we compared to 17 to 25 year olds and on average every every week our campus was seven times safer than the, the, the state at large so sometimes people would say well at what point do you want to would you send the students home they're safer here than they are at home by seven times so we did a fantastic job of keeping our faculty and our staff and our students uh, safe and managed to accomplish our goals so that that's an incredible year so I'll argue that we didn't let the pandemic uh, defeat us it defined us uh, we, we, we regret and it's, it's deeply uh, sad for anybody that had, Oh, any uh, uh, poor health conditions or loss of life. There's, and there's no way to, to um, uh, minimize that. But from a, from a mission point of view, um, we accomplished some great things. And I think it will be something that we'll look back on in this decade and say uh, you know, the, uh, we, we, we faced a, a major challenge and, and we overcame it. Uh, three other things I just want to touch on, things that I think will be important to you. We did, I heard uh, Tim talk about vaccinations. I thought you might be interested to know that I've been lobbying for you with the governor and with the department of health on getting vaccines for our faculty Uh, at the same uh, um, priority as K through 12. I had help all the other LGI presidents, the chancellor of TBR and the president of the Takua schools all signed a letter with me about three weeks ago. We've done some follow-up calls, actually had a lunch or breakfast with the commissioner of health this past Wednesday, still no luck. Uh, they're saying that K through 12 is different, that uh, those students can't learn virtually as easily as our students can. That's why they're getting the vaccine versus us. And so there's only one or two decision makers in this process and both of them are saying, no, we're not gonna move you up. I'm, I'm gonna continue to try, still looking for ways to, to, to maybe find a, other um, opportunities. We, I, as of today, there may be new news to you, Tim, but as of today on, on the team of call, looks like they're gonna let our healthcare, our health center on the Knoxville campus be a place for vaccines. So we'll be able to give vaccines on our campus. Now in other cities, like in Nashville, they have a wait list and they've got X amount of vaccines, people have appointments based on their priority. If they don't show up, they've got X number of hours to get rid of these vaccines. So they start calling people on their wait list. So that's an avenue I'm gonna pursue, no guarantee that we're gonna, that's gonna work, but we're gonna to continue to find ways that we can move up in the vaccinations. I'll just maybe share one little anecdote that, or uh, or some anecdotes that I got from uh, Lisa Piercy, our our commissioner of of health that I thought was really interesting. So we all know our population of our state. We know the number of vaccines that we're getting. There's 400,000 people in the state of Tennessee over the age of 75. So you're doing the math and thinking, what's it's gonna be pretty, it's gonna take a while for it to get to my group. But here's the thing that was, it depends on how you look at it. It It could be a positive, it could be disturbing the uptake of taking the the, vaccines is shockingly low. Uh, Healthcare workers across the state of Tennessee are priority number one. Of all the healthcare workers that have been offered it so far across the state of Tennessee, only 50% are taking it. Um, We've been offering the vaccines to the staff members at nursing homes and uh, elderly care facilities. Only 30% of them are actually taking the vaccine. Uh, For a variety of reasons, they're just not taking it. Another anecdote that I thought was uh, interesting that all the emergency uh, responders uh, and frontline uh, emergency uh, workers, and one, I'll, I'll not share it just in case somebody's maybe from that extension office on the, on the line, but some rural uh, West Tennessee County, 103 of their first uh, responders were offered the vaccine. Of the 103, only three took the vaccine. I share that one, it's very telling, uh, but two, that when we look at the, we do the math and look at how many vaccines are coming and then what the population is, I think we'll probably speed through those priorities sooner than we expect. So for those that do wanna get the vaccine, I think the prior, that there's a probability that you'll get it much sooner than you, you might imagine. Uh, but it's a very hard to predict, so I can't guarantee a, a time, but I just, just thought that was, that was interesting to know. Big news, um, for reasons of faith, I guess my, Christmas is still number one on my uh, uh, list of uh, uh, days that I'm I excited about. But from a present point of view, um, going away, um, and no disrespect to my family or my wife, but going away, my happiest day of the year uh, when it comes to rewards and, and presents is uh, the governor's state of the state. And it's this Monday, in case you didn't know, mark your calendar, this coming Monday, uh, February 8th, the governor at 6 p.m. Uh, Central time will be, I don't get invited this year, by the way, because of COVID, I usually get to stand in the room with him. Um, but now I can have my, my spreadsheets and be making notes while I'm listening to him speak. He will be announcing what he's going to put in the state in the state's budget. I'm extremely optimistic about a lot of things that he should be talking about. Should be talking about $10 million for Oak Ridge Institute, should be talking about fully funding the, the, the performance funding formula, which will give about $8 billion to our campus here in Knoxville. Um, very close to home. Last year, we asked for and got $2.3 million for our extension uh, offices to add 32 new agents in the counties where we've been understaffed. And then we lost it with COVID. Um, I'm extremely optimistic that we're gonna see that on, on, on Monday night. And uh, wherever I'm at, the minute you hear the governor say that he's doing that, know that I'm standing up doing a happy dance. But I'm pretty, uh, very optimistic that that's gonna be part of, part of the budget. We also ask for $5.1 million uh, to fund annually, to fund a new campus in Southern Middle Tennessee. If you look at the map of the state of Tennessee, Southern Middle Tennessee, 18 county area is a higher education desert. There is no four-year school, public four-year school in the whole region. As you would guess, because of that, they have the lowest college going rates and the lowest uh, college graduation rates. It's a very, Unfortunate for that part of the, the state, we, as you hopefully have heard, have offered to uh, have the Martin Methodist Campus, a small private college in Pulaski join us and become the the, the first new campus for the University of Tennessee in over 50 years. Um, some people ask, and our board members did as well, well, how does this benefit Tennessee? We're big, we got 52,000 students, what does an extra 700 do for us? It really doesn't, truthfully, it's not gonna make us bigger or better that much but it does help us do what our number one mission is and that's serve the people of Tennessee and that's part of the part of the state that really needs our help and so I think it's a what can the University of Tennessee do for the state of Tennessee providing accessible affordable education in that part of the state is going to transform that part of our 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 state the people in the area are so excited about it Um, we'll find out Monday night if the governor is going to put that in his budget if he puts it in the budget We've got overwhelming support from the legislature. So I feel really good about our chances of moving forward there. I've talked to uh, Tim about uh, partnering with Martin Methodist. They've got really strong programs in education and nursing. It's a very agricultural part of our state. And for us to try to find ways to partner with that campus, uh, to have maybe a, a, a one or two year program there that would then allow students to come transfer to Knoxville once they get started would be a, uh, I think could be a, an opportunity. There's a lot of opportunities that for us to, to explore once uh, they are officially part of the University of Tennessee. So we're really excited about that. That's, a, that's the three things I wanted to talk to you about the vaccination. I wanna share with you the uh, update on the legislature. Again, stay tuned, uh, Gen, uh, uh, Monday uh, the 8th. And then uh, um, we're excited about this new campus. And, and I, I'm hopeful that uh, UTIA will have a big role to play in that as well. I can keep talking, but I'm gonna stop so I can actually answer any questions that you might have.
1: Great, thanks a lot, Randy. Lisa, we'll uh, see what questions might be uh, coming in from our audience
0: today. Okay, we do have a couple. Um, One is Randy, do we know the name of the Martin Methodist campus, uh, what the new name will be?
2: Yeah, great question, I should have said that, but um, we did lots of surveys, we had town hall meetings, we had focus groups with faculty, staff, and people in the region, and the overwhelming favorite was UT Southern. They wanted it to be a regional campus uh, and people in Murray County and Wayne County and Lawrence County all wanted this to be, feel like it was part of them. So we decided to go with a regional name versus Pulaski or Giles County. So it'll be UT Southern. Now that's not official. We actually had a board meeting a week ago in which I floated that idea by the board, but they couldn't really vote on it. We felt like it would be um, inappropriate for us to name a new Uh, Campus without the governor actually having approved it yet. So we're going to wait for him to uh, make his announcement on uh, February 8th. And if that happens, then at our board meeting in February, or we might even actually wait till June, uh, we'll um, uh, officially call it UT Southern.
0: Great. Um, another question is um, you had made the commitment to visit all the extension offices, which you did complete. Um, and now understand you are doing the same with our research centers. So can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Did Hongwei ask that question? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, whoever did actually- in my wasn't <laughs> me. <laughs> I was actually wanting to talk about that, but I decided I, I just for brevity, I would leave it out. Yes, we're gonna hit all the, I am going to visit all the the research centers and just like visiting the extension offices not only do i learn a lot as i share when i go to the research centers as i did with the extension you know my job is to serve you and the only way i can serve you is to know you is to know what your challenges and your opportunities are the only way i can do that is to come visit i haven't figured out how i can just um, do that uh, by osmosis i got to come out you know maybe some smarter presidents can can do it elsewhere but i gotta i just gotta come and i love it it's been great. I got to go see, uh, the, I guess, the Northeast Ag Research Center, formerly known as Greenville, um, uh, about, I guess it was in December. And actually, you know, Tim and Hongway set up this day, where it was like, wow, I'm there for seven, eight hours. Do I really need to be there that long? I asked my assistant, Allison, really? That's a long time. And then I saw that we had a hayride. I thought, you know, I don't really need to be like socializing. I need to go work and learn stuff. But if you're going around the, the you know 300 acres of a research center, probably the best way to do it is on the back of a hay wagon with 10 of your colleagues going slowly and so you can see things and talk. So it turned out to be just a great day and you can easily spend that entire time plus some really seeing the place. It was so inspiring to see the the people and the resources that we have, but they have some challenges. They need new equipment. You know, we've got 40, I'm saying something that everybody here knows. We've got 30, 40, 50 year old equipment trying to teach new science to people that have brand new equipment. And uh, that doesn't really work. Our governor, is uh, committed to uh, helping rural communities and helping agriculture. So we've got a strategy. Uh, we plan on trying to get them after this session to come visit two or three of our research centers, walk them around, show them all the good things, all the great things that we're doing for the state, but also uh, that we need some help. So in next year's budget, that's gonna be one of our, our targets is to try to get some additional funding to, uh, for, for our, our research
0: centers. Great. Well. Those were the questions for today. So Tim, I'll turn it back to
1: you. Great, thanks. Uh, and uh, I'm glad everyone was able to join us today. Randy, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to be with us again. And I really appreciate when you go visit the Rex because that gives me an excuse to go, uh, go along and get a free meal uh, in conjunction with those visits. So I uh, look forward to that. Randy, any, any final words you wanna share uh, before we uh, get ready to wrap up here?
2: Uh, no, just continue to do the great work that you're doing. Uh, we're here to support you. If you've ever got a question, a challenge, don't hesitate to reach out to uh, your, your, your uh, uh, vice chancellor, to Tim or to me directly. It's randy at tennessee.edu. But uh, whatever we can do to help support you and all the great work that you're doing, uh, that's what we want to do. And uh, looking forward to this, the second year of the greatest decade in the
1: history of the University of Tennessee. It's going to be a great one. Great, thanks Randy, and, and I've said this before, some of you have heard me say it, but it's really nice to have a, a UT System president who not only knows we exist, but takes the time to learn about what we're doing, go out and, and meet our people, see our facilities, understand our needs, and then advocate for us uh, at the state level. Uh, don't ever wanna take that for granted, and I and, uh, really wanna thank uh, Randy and, and uh, his commitment to, to the Institute of Agriculture, as well as the whole rest of uh, the UT System. So a couple of quick things uh, as I wrap up. Our next scheduled fireside chat will be on March 5th, 2 uh, o'clock p.m. Eastern time, but as usual, if conditions change uh, in in such a way that we need to get together again, then we'll schedule an additional session. So watch your email, but at this point, our next regularly scheduled will be a month from now. Also, uh, you, you uh, should have received a reminder this week about communicating with government officials, and I just wanted to really take a moment to remind you that it is your right to communicate as a private citizen uh, with with our elected officials. And you should do that anytime you feel like uh, you need to. But remember, it's your right to do that as a private citizen. Don't use your UT email address. Don't use university letterhead. Don't uh, make those contacts speaking on behalf of the university or advocating for the university. Uh, it, It needs to reflect your personal views. So uh, walk that line, uh, ask your supervisor if you've got questions or, uh, you know, check with any of us. We, we want you to uh, express your views and your voice, but we want you to do it, uh, it, it with your right as a private citizen. So just a quick reminder there. As for uh, COVID, you know, it seems like the light at the end of the tunnel is getting a little brighter and maybe a little closer, but unfortunately, it, it looks like a uh, solution and, and the end of it still a ways off. However, I'm, I'm still absolutely certain we can continue to work through this. Uh, we'll get through it together and we'll continue to, to do things uh, productively and successfully just as President Boyd described earlier. So keep up the good work, keep wearing your masks, uh, stay home when you're sick, keep socially distant, wash your hands and let's try to keep our numbers low and our spirits high. And we'll, we'll have a great year this year. So Lisa, I'll stop right there and let you uh, conclude us today.
0: Well, thanks so much, Tim, uh, for the information. And certainly thank you, uh, Randy, for being with us today. It was great. And uh, we will see everybody next month.
1: Great. Have a good weekend.